It's George Edmondson. You're going off his wiki picture when he's about 15, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) It's Kyle Bartley with a header from... Good evening, Uh, welcome. Uh, This is Gavin. As always, welcome to the Anytime Notebook podcast. Here every week to review what we've seen. Mark your goal scorer card for the weekend and talk about the value plays on the EFL card, of which there appears to be plenty this weekend. That's the good news. This reflects a little bit on a bam, bumper <laughs> bank holiday card. It duly, uh, duly threw up a fair share of winners, proving that amongst it, me and John might talk for ages and we start to include all these hipster centre-backs that we mumble on about. But in and amongst all of that, there's some there's some nuggets of gold. And, you know, as the comedian Stuart Lee once said, he, he can tell jokes, but he just chooses not to. It's the same for us. We, we can pick winners every now and again if we really try hard. A, a man never taken in by hipster popular culture. Joining me, as always, uh, John Bywater, at Set Piece Hero on Twitter. John? Good weekend last weekend. Yeah, it was a good, good Monday, wasn't it? I think, um, good afternoon, Gav, by the way. Yeah, it was nice of the goalkeeper to drop the ball in front of Sam Hughes. He could do with a bit bit, bit more of that in the uh, the season. I, I think you deserve a lot of credit. Yeah. No, you, you deserve a lot of credit because you mentioned very favourably our old friend Hiram Boateng, who could have had a couple. He got mm-hmm. one. You mentioned Killian Phillips, who got a late goal. And in the long-form notes that thankfully we see, but no one else has seen, <laughs> you did you did talk up uh, Barlow at Donny, but uh, even Ken was happy with that one. i tell you That's, what, uh, people think they have to put up with a bit of rambling at over 30 minutes every Thursday <laughs> evening. They, they, they count themselves lucky they don't have to see like the first draft <laughs> of all of our yeah, notes. The, <laughs> the, extend, the extended cut would be probably <laughs> one hour ten, I'd imagine. You wouldn't believe, like, there's some, there's, there's no out there's some bits you know Barlow's a good example of that some bits we would have missed out over the um over the months but hey there's um there's a lot of uh there's a lot of um roundabout ways of not picking many winners in a lot of those it feels like a what well, it feels like it's stuck behind a patreon or stick stick it behind a paywall kind of stuff right. for for future years you know we can start selling the the myth the, the mythical first draft of the uh, anytime notebook yeah, notes. Yeah. The, these these notes are available if anyone wants to pay hard cash for them <laughs> that's right that's right, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> dissect them after uh, after every match day um it was a good weekend you, credit all around really because you've still got to put up the naps and they still got to score and Sam Hughes was was rightly one of those as you correctly said it's um wasn't what is it Ashley Maynard Brewer's finest hour in the chart on nets but right place right time there's no more that you can do and just check in recounting Sam Hughes's season that's now three goals from a season next year 3.93 so perhaps uh, his scoring might not have been done Good finish from right. Boateng, wasn't it? We, we even mentioned, you know, a calm finish, the, the, or calm effort the, the, the game before from his left foot, and he, he duly went in at a nice price. Um, they, they, some of them did get away, right? A, a good friend of the pod, Steve Freeth, he wisely noted before before kickoff on Monday's games that we were, if you were a fan of a non-goal scoring centre-half who return a 0.1x2 XG, then rightly so. That's our key demographic, right? Fans of non-goal scoring yes. centre-halves. <laughs> It felt like Ben Barkley was the main culprit last weekend for Carlisle. I looked at it. I think we shared it. We shared it on WhatsApp at the same time. But saying that he missed a free header from six yards, I think, is doing 
free headers a bit of a disservice. The ball has essentially just arrived, and he didn't really look like he knew what to do. I don't know. I can't he quite looked, know whether it's. He looked a little bit. He looked or... a little bit. A little bit scared of the ball. Which is <laughs> he did. I thought. <laughs> oh, I was, was going to attack this, but I'm now I'm surprised it's here. And um, maybe just, uh, uh, he's. He's so used to Mellish or Huntington hit heading it, he, he thought, <laughs> oh, right. what's going on here? <laughs> he felt the added burden of a notebook pick, oh, full That's weight right. on his shoulders. I think it's fair to say that the um, opposing Warsaw sentiment is still rife in, in this particular corner of the internet. Should we start with a review of what we've seen and uh, what um, what we picked up from our, our own eyes and a bit of data over the um, over the bank holiday period? Uh, should we start off in the championship, John? You were you were first off the ball last week. We mentioned about West Brom vulnerabilities. Um, mm. It felt like it felt like I, I had a little bit of a closer look. I, th- I think there was a there's a five game run through late February and early March where they've given up half a goal from set pieces in total. But since April, it's almost half a goal a game. And I only mentioned it because Jimmy Dunn had a couple of chances for, for for QPR this weekend. The last one of which he's out jumping Eric Peters at the far post. Um, it seems to me that the, the common denominator for me is Dara O'Shea, who's missing from that centre back partnership. The data is going to tell you that Semi Ajay is pretty big drop off and. Such is the case, I guess. And um, Stoke on Saturday is the only thing I've got next to my notes. So I'm sure that our favourite Stoke centre half, think Wilmot's back in, isn't he? And um, yeah, they, they could be on the list for for Saturday. And what was top of your list for for Championship reflections, John? Um, Matt Pearson scored again. He he just scores goals. We like that. Um, so does Jack Rudini now. We got there in the end with him. Um, that game was most notable for someone who's been very popular today. This is Thursday in the market, I believe, due to a market-leading podcast that is um, much more popular than ours. Wow. Which um, may the well have Shrudies. selected him. The Shrewdies like right. you, John, were putting him up three months ago when he wasn't scoring. That's right. I did. Uh, th- this game reminded me why on earth I ever selected Joe Rankin Costello. Um, I must thank. This is a great. I must give a shout out to George five seven zero double six five four two. It's not his phone number. It's his Twitter handle. He was straight on the on the blower. He's not on the blower on Twitter. Saying, look at this graph of right. This is this was your man. I thought well, you've kept the faith. You know, it was about it was about five months ago, mate. But um, I don't think I can claim that. But I'm sure most people know who listen to this sort of thing. He had seven shots on target, not seven shots, seven shots on target. Um, I don't know what I don't know what more you need to say, really. But we'll come on to him in more depth later on. I think. Like a yeah, notebook benefit gig that Huddersfield Blackburn game, wasn't it? Um, positive mention for uh, Millwall again last weekend, and we mentioned Sean Hutchinson could make hay whilst Charlie Cresswell continues to be absent. Fair old chance against Hull at nil nil, wasn't it? Who he, yeah. I looked at that he hasn't scored for two years now, but they were never let long goal scoring. Streaks like that put us off, do we? So he, he remains he remains of interest uh, at big prices for Millwall. Millwall haven't scored in three now, which is a bit worrying. But I mean, I think that the more obvious name, Jake Cooper, very due now, isn't mm. he? He's he's knocking Absolutely. the door down nearly every game, uh, which isn't unusual for him. But even for him, he's been he's been unlucky. I thought he was unlucky here. Uh, yeah, even McNamara had a fair chance. So there was quite a few for. Millwall. We've got, um, I'll let you mention the next one because you've noted him as well. But another name that I haven't mentioned for a while is 
Preston, Man United, Loney, Alvaro, Fernandez, okay. who um, I did put up once. I, I seem to have a um, strange liking for this player. I'm not really sure why. But looking at the data, he's been back in form the last few weeks. Uh, he had his best game of the season here, XG-wise, 0.47, as well as an excellent assist for Tom Cannon. He looks like he's just come back into form after a mid-season slump. Um and Reading did finally concede from a set of play in that game in uh, points last match. So mm. they finally did what the data said they were going to do. But, yeah, just interested with uh, Alvaro Fernandez. Just keep an eye on him at the moment. Another player that you've that you've mentioned on and off, Andy oh. Lyons, who, uh, what, right back for Blackpool, who that did score. a painful one. A painful one, yeah it, yeah. it continues to gather some momentum. The goals are you know, a simple kind of header from a free kick, but... You know, and all the and all the highlights I'm watching and looking back at his chances, he's making a bit of an art form out of arriving late in the box from right back. You know, another yeah, chance he's... in that game as well. Two shots on target. He's um. He looks he looks wasted at right back. I, mm. I wouldn't. I can't really see. He, he just looks a natural finish. I know it was a simple header, but he just you know he took it pretty well, and he he just looks like he hits the ball well, and his position looks good. Yeah, he's um. That was frustrating, but then again, you look back, they're playing Luton, who never really concede, so you couldn't really get, you know, you, it wasn't that close, really. Unlike this weekend, I think they are up against Wigan. Is that about right? So That's right, yeah. Twice, but I, shall, um, I shall have a little look later on, but obviously another one on the shortlist. Um, John, I'll let you lead us off. Um I want to talk a bit about Bolton, but what have you what have you got off first off in, in League One? Uh Harry Clark again. Uh not great chances, but another two efforts at Cheltenham, the only member of the usually prolific Ipswich defence to have chances. Um Ronnie Edwards should have done a lot better with his chance for Peterborough against Exeter. Uh, not that he's a player you'd um I'd normally look to be with really, but you you know you you wait months for a Ben Wayne mention. <laughs> you know you're now getting two in five days or four days, whatever it is. I just think I'm hoping he's going to get a start soon. He's played 40 minutes here for Plymouth, the attacker. Um, he's generated more XG than the other three forward players combined on his own. Uh, he just looks really lively on the highlights. I'm pretty sure he will get a start possibly this weekend. Uh, we've got the. I thought the Port Vale Oxford game was a terrible game, but mm. um, I'll probably refer back to that later. And how about uh, Wickham? Just thought it was worth a mention for good old trusty veteran Joe Jacobson with his trusty left foot. A wonder of a left foot. Um, yeah, just you, you, you're smiling just thinking about Joe Jacobs. <laughs> I was just thinking it's impossible oh. to mention the word left foot without wand of a left foot. Right? Yes, it's always a, it's always a nice trusty wand. <laughs> no one has a bad left foot. I can assure you, I did when I played. Um, che Campbell scored from one of his deliveries. Uh, there was an own goal from another one of his corners, and Freno Joseph had another chance. I just thought I'd give him a mention. He's never, you know, he takes penalties, whatever. But Jacobson, he's 36 now, but 
all the time you can still deliver the ball like that. You just Absolutely. keep them in the side, don't you? Really, you're not you're not that bothered. Absolutely. And what was it? Forest Green was just the right side to um to pose a threat on on Monday. Um, yeah. I, I had a closer look at Bolton because you mentioned about kind of set-piece frailties and I just thought I'd try and put some reasoning behind that. Looks clear as day to me. So without Owen Toyle, who's missed the last two, make a note in your notebook, six foot three, or Ricardo Santos, who's out with a five-strain, five six foot five. From Saturday's lineup, you only had Mbetti and Cameron Jerome, who were over six feet tall. And I'm not saying that, you know, height's a prerequisite for success, but it's now, you know, it's no doubt something that sides at League One level are going are gonna to target. I just thought, you know, ultimately they, they just looked a smaller side. A lot of that, what, back three, back five, or uh, uh, under six foot. You think ahead to, well, I think you're going you're gonna to talk a bit about Oxford this weekend, but they are not short of big players. And like I said, it feels a bit feels a bit old school, right? Just picking out big players against small sides. But that's, that feels like a, you know, a genuine angle, I guess, when you, when you're looking to, to get against Bolton um, in the, in the near yeah. future. I think it, I think it's just not so much necessarily the height. It's just that they're the, they're basically missing three of their first choice back four. So, or back five, where you're looking at it. Absolutely. So that, that, you know, that's always going to be a problem for most sides at this level. Who would the one who, the uh, the one the counterclaim to all of that was who was the Walsall centre half who always scored all those goals and about he was about five foot five. Uh, I can't remember who it was. was it Andy, Andy, five foot five. Surely not that sort. That's see the short anyway. We'll, no, I'll, that won't make the edit, John. So that's why because I can't remember what his <laughs> name is. <laughs> I'm now googling it, so don't worry. <laughs> there we, we go. Can... Uh, I'm sure Matt Vale will will know him. Uh, well, um, positive word for Morecambe, right? We don't say enough positive words about Morecambe, but they kept it relatively tight at, at Portsmouth. Um, just looking through their data, they won seventy percent of their defensive duels, which was twenty percent more than they did against Plymouth on Friday. As usual, this time of season, Pompey are putting pretty two, two pretty abject performances just the wrong time over Easter here here at Morecambe on Monday and Friday against MK Dons as well. Barely a goal in XG combined between the two. That League One playoff race is is still looking in doubt. Looks like any two from five, or if you assume that Peter have made it, then the other four have won just five in their last twenty combined. So, uh, League One kind of playoff race feels like who's going to have just about the least worst form. I guess and I nailed my colours to the Master Derby last week, but still feels like there's um, plenty of questions to answer in in League One. John, you mentioned about Port Vale and Oxford. Listen to the um, the Ale and Vale podcast, uh, which is always a I'm always a keen listener every single week. Um, they seemed happy enough, right? They got the objective enough. They they seemed like the, you know suggested that they did enough to win this game against Oxford. Were probably happy with the point, and the points probably enough now. What was it forty six points? They're probably looking safe from um, safe from relegation. Uh, yeah, you're going to talk a bit more about that. What else have I got? 20, just the 26 shots for Derby. Just mentioned Derby. 1-1 one, one at home to, to MK Dons, which is bad news for those of us that are back in Derby minus a couple of goals on the handicaps over the next few weeks. And who else was on my list? Phoenix Patterson saw out the 90 oh. for the first time for Fleetwood. Interesting last few weeks for the 22-year-old. who scored unbelievably, and I found this out this week, but he scored 20 and 34 for Waterford in the League of Ireland, who it appeared are a Fleetwood feeder club. That feels like that's that's the kind of nugget of information that you knew already, John. Is that right? 
No, I didn't. I didn't know that. I didn't. To be honest, it's the first for quite as part from the first few weeks of the season where you got the new names. I didn't even recognise the name to be honest. I didn't look at Fleetwood. In. I thought. I thought. Have you made up a name there? But you obviously have. <laughs> that is the type of name. It does sound made up, doesn't it? Phoenix Patterson, yes, up right. and down the left hand side. Look, it all looks a bit like out the box type stuff, but it's it's okay. You could finish the season with a flourish as, as joined um, midway through the season. Another couple of efforts on Saturday in the defeat to Bristol Rovers. 6-1 to one against Accrington on Saturday. Looks like um, looks like a price to monitor. Certainly Phoenix Patterson over the next few weeks. Arrive at League 2 then. Often the... Um, the bit we can get often the league, I think I can get my teeth into most each week. Quarley, they had 0.07, was it? Uh, 0.07, yeah. 0.07. Which, um, I thought might be a season wide low, but you've been delving to prove me wrong. Oh, prove as, me soon as, you, wrong. as soon as you said that, I thought Warsaw have done worse than that. And sure enough, they played Newport. They also, unbelievably, they still won 1 0. It was a Mickey Dimitri own goal, but yeah, 0.1 oh. xg and crew didn't fare much better this weekend. According to Y Scout, they had 0.02 xg against Colchester side. I'll talk a bit more about Colchester later on. Big fan of them this weekend and Messrs. Um, Messrs. Hall and Kel Heller. Um, John, feels like I've done a lot of talking here. What a what was on League Two outlook for you? Right. <laughs> makes a change for me rambling on. Um, how about we mention Sam Stubbs again? Oh, never mind. Um, <laughs> for, for Bradford, there's actually another name that I'm quite interested by uh, for Bradford, a chap called Scott Banks, who's a Crystal Palace loanee, uh, attacking midfielder, went to Palace from Scotland when he was very young for quite, I think it was about 500 grand. Um, he's had various loan spells all over Scotland. And he's only played 90 minutes twice this season for Bradford, both in the last month. Uh, he's now got five goals for the season. Um, and if you look at his record for the Palace under 23s, which you can't always take as gospel, but it's better than one in two. So he definitely knows where the back of the net is. I've done a, read a few interviews with him and he sounds like he's settling in now. I think he's got quite a lot more to give and I might be wrong but I think his contract at Palace might be up in the summer as well so I like to look at that as well because he's he's kind of playing for he'll, he'll get a club somewhere but he's playing for his next club in a way um, not, not a big price he's attacking midfielder but just keep an eye on Scott Banks um, just when you think they've turned a corner you realise why we nearly always ignore crew um, they, they got bullied here by a uh, Turning back the clock, John Akinde, who oh, yes. uh, who just realised in time that he might fancy another League Two contract next season. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say that to his face. He's, uh, <laughs> but he's, uh, yeah, just just in time, John. There, you might get another year somewhere. Uh, you, you're going to come on to the Keller and Hall. Could have both scored on, on another day as well. Um, I'll keep mentioning this, but it kind of showed last week with uh, Donny going into the one 0 league league lead and then Grimsby getting two uh, Waterfall had two attempts in the first half mm. who subbed at half time and Niall Mayher got the late winner from a set play um, basically a back three of Long, Nelson and Faulkner is by far the least experienced in this division by a long way they've got mm. about 10 starts between them uh, Tom Anderson and Anna Luwu are obviously badly missed 
So quite happily to keep opposing Donny, uh, especially worth keeping on that. I don't think either of those could be back this week. Um, oh, yeah, interesting name that we, we mentioned a lot, but not for a while. It's been five full games since John Guffrey had attempted a, an effort until last Monday. They were proper um, chances as well, weren't they? They, yes. He would have stuck those away in August. They would have got two uh, that, or three, wouldn't he? That must be that must be his record a record for him, or close to it. So mm. I thought that was interesting. Like you say, there's three or four attempts I think there against Gillingham. Um, and how about we finish League Two for me with a mention for good old Carl Knoll. Um, <sighs> if you know, you know, as we like to say. <laughs> Uh, he, he, he sent me a message said you're not mentioning me like you used to when I played for Donny and never scored <laughs> I said I said sorry Carl I'm, I'll make sure we get you in this week um, he did so it's just uh, I mean they, I like these sort of players where the game was over the 3 new up mm. he's playing as full back and he's still bursting forward superb off the ball running uh, got a little bit fortunate that Madden was unselfish and laid it across to him but was right up there, furthest man forward at 3-0 up in the last minute, basically. So, we well, like Carl Noll, so we mention him again. Um, Andy Butler, that was the... It's, it yes, plays, I, just, I Googled it, but it I wasn't going to mention it because um, I thought you'd cut it out, but we'll carry it No, on. no, it says, it says on <laughs> Wikipedia, he's six, six foot. Six foot. So he's, <laughs> oh, he's no way he was six foot. He was... Uh, he I will let... Um, no, he definitely wasn't five foot five, okay? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> somewhere, in the mid, somewhere in the middle, but I shall look to... Uh, I would have said around six foot. Wow, okay. He was never that big when I... You're going off his wiki picture when he's about 15, aren't you? <laughs> Bless him. Um, he does look oh, young there, doesn't he? He does look young. He does, he does look young. This, I is, shall, this uh, is great. great podcast, this. Yes, I should wait to be told off by uh, Warsaw fans and where else? Doncaster he was as well, wasn't he? So I did too. Yeah, he's still... Um, he's at Farsley Celtic now. and Maybe, um, If they built a statue of him somewhere, I should go and... If the statue is life size, I should go and prove it with a tape measure, and, um, and then I'll feel like I've won. Yes. And that's the main thing about this that's podcast. Right. That's right. Was... This was the Andy Butler special. For... <laughs> the questions you really wanted answered. I was interested in Leighton Orient this weekend. I I think there's a, I think there's something to keep an eye on here with Leighton Orient, who rested Darren Prattley, who what definitely the wrong side of 30 isn't he so you can see why they rested him after oh, and the and the rest and the rest yeah after 90 minutes on the friday ed turns was missing through injury as well so jamie mccart has come in for turns he's on loan from Rotherham. he's been out with a calf injury for most of this loan unfortunately you do a quick check on the games that jamie mccart has been involved in and i did have a quick look on kind of orient forums just to see whether the <laughs> the the anti sorry Jamie if you're listening and he you're thought, not about to slag someone else off <laughs> yeah, that's my job. yeah he's only played he's only started three games this year and Orient lost three 0 at Stevenage they lost one 0 at Tranmere and they've conceded two here um, against fourth and bottom Harrogate but he's very close to sticking the ball in his own net before Anthony Con- O'Connor steps in to continue his good run we did mention him recently I think this I think this may be like this mm. this this Orient end of season stumbling over the line, potentially giving players a rest. I think it might be something to keep an eye on. They face Sutton on Saturday. I was very keen on Alistair Smith here, who 
Um, I don't think I think there's a midfielder in the division that's that's finishing the season as productive as he is. Eleven to two scored a couple um, in fine form. It was really quite early part of the campaign, but um, I know we'll come on to talk about our, um, the ones that got away or the ones that didn't quite make nap and next best material. But Alistair Smith for Sutton was definitely on my list to um, to take advantage of this. Maybe stumbling over the um, the end of the line. And the only other name I had is a name. A dominant display from a mil- from a Mansfield centre half, which I shall wait and um, I talk a bit about in when we come on to our naps and next bests. Uh, let's look at um, we've mentioned some already, John, around um, bets that that we'll be interested in over the um, over the weekend, but didn't quite make the the long form nap and next best material. Anything for you that. Didn't quite make the mark, but almost did. We want to mention anyway and claim it as a winner in a couple of days' time. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> um, when I wrote this at lunchtime today, uh, Joe Rankin Costello for Blackburn was the nap. Uh, but as we mentioned, the excellent Not the Top 20 pod has put it up, and it's a big sea of blue. There's still some 16s around, which is fine. I, I was expecting before I looked at the game here, maybe 10, 12 tops. So there we go. Seems very captain obvious, but sometimes they do score. Um, the No offence to the uh, not the top 20 there, captain obvious. <laughs> the, uh, Andy Lyons is, uh, as we mentioned, he looks fair at the very much standout 11 to 1, considering it's Wigan. Uh, I won't mention this one because he's going to be my nap now. Um, how about Tom Bradbury for Cheltenham at MK Dons? Uh, 20 to 1, very fair. As Gav put out recently on Twitter, uh, last month or so, he's up there for XG for defenders in the whole league. Uh, Louis Freestone came back from injury last on Monday, but Bradbury kept his starting spot. There's not really much point in them starting Caleb Taylor now, as I don't think he's going to be there next season, whatever. Mm-hmm. So makes sense to bed in this uh, Freestone and Bradbury partnership. Uh, and the 20 to 1 just looks too big uh, based on what we look at. Uh, how about Casey McAteer for Wimbledon? I've put, I've put him up, but I've mentioned him a few times. I uh, really like him as a player. Got his first career goal last week. Uh, Stevenage are leaking plenty. Looks like it could be a goal with a, a game with a few goals there. You can't trust Wimbledon as far as you throw him, as we know. Um, couldn't quite get excited by the 13-2 to Casey McAteer, but I don't think he's a bad price. Um if you ever thought Anthony O'Connor would be seven to one against anyone ever, <laughs> you, you win a prize. Um, apart apart from your lying, so you don't win a prize. He's Doncaster. I'm not going to go on about them again. In that game, if you're absolutely pushed against the wall, I think Levi Sutton would be a better bet at ten to one. Sure, I'm not saying yeah. it's a good price, but I think that's probably about the right price. Now, a question for Gav. Oh, yeah. That's you. I don't know why I'm saying Gav. The only person on it. <laughs> Say it as you had it. to. Yes, right. If you had to back either Carl Piagiani at five to one, or Anthony O'Connor at eight to one, what would you do? And no bet is not an option. Oh, Piagiani. Even at the fives, can you can you bring fives. yourself? Even at the five. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's, got, it's the only answer. Any, yeah, it's the only answer, though, isn't it? Compared to the. I know O'Connor's really done well, but hey, a seven or eight to one, you just. I'd be, I'd be. We started off this pod by talking about kind of hipster centre halves. So I'd probably be Dan Sweeney at what, maybe double the price. 
just for show, yeah, okay. even though we like we like Sweeney. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> even though, yeah, you're probably more than in profit just ignoring second choice and just backing Piergiani, um week in week out. But um, hey, short prices. Anything else, John? Uh, no, that that really interesting question was made at the end of that. <laughs> I was getting nervous whether it's going to be a type of Andy Butler type question where I won't quite remember. So how how tall is Andy Butler? I, did have, is, yeah. I had to get rid of that. <laughs> uh, I've mentioned a few. I've mentioned Alistair Smith. Uh, I, I thought um, the anti-Port Vale sentiment still exists. So they are at. Lincoln this weekend. I thought Regan Paul's probably the obvious one at 12, so that's pretty short. One of not normally on a pod like this, but we have we are seeing a bit of a bit of traction by mentioning those at the at the top end of the market. But the 90 minutes for um Olamid Shadapido, who was I think that would have done him good on Saturday. Look, he's a he's a type of player that gets plenty of shots in, but you'd never back him, you'd never back him at like nine to two to see out the 90 normally across all of his spells at kind of Oxford and Sheffield Wednesday. But he was, you know, playing as one of those front three. And I think nine to two was a pretty nice price for someone against Vale. And he was a short amount of time at, at Vale on loan back in the day as well. So one for the short price. And the only one, the other one that I had was full of anti Barnsley stuff over the last few outings. I'm not quite ready to abandon them just yet. I thought four to nine or around about that price was a really short price for a team that have lost their last two on the road to Burton and Exeter. Now they come up against what an already relegated Forest Green. But I thought Carl McAllister just look, nothing, nothing to shout home about, but he's seeing plenty of game time under Duncan Ferguson. He has started the last two through the middle. If you're being really kind and watching his chances, he might have had two goals or so in the last month. I just thought, even though it's Forest Green and even though it's Barnsley, I thought nine to one was a big old price for someone who's who's playing, you know, right up there on a forward line, you know. Plenty of plenty of advanced positions, you know, in that forest green side. I thought nine to one was a big old price for for someone who won't be fancied in many corners of the internet this weekend. <laughs> the nap now, the nap now, uh, long long awaited this for the last ten minutes is. Zach Viner for Bristol City at Watford, thirty-three to one. This is as it always should be, but this really is just on the prices. Uh, if you believe the last couple of games, really, Bristol City have had a couple of really good set play games against Stoke and then Middlesbrough. Um, Viner scored against Stoke, and he really should have scored against Middlesbrough. Uh, late free kick, uh, furthest man forward. He kind of. Adjusted himself quite well, but the ball still spun off him a little bit and looped up and hit the bar. Uh, it was high XG. It wasn't that easy a chance, to be fair. But um, as, as I mentioned at the time, with Rob Atkinson out, I thought they would struggle a bit more going the other way, and, and they haven't really. And there is there is some opportunity for someone to step up. And if you believe the last two games, then Zach Viner is doing that. Uh, no career record to speak of, but... We don't worry about that when it suits. Um, <laughs> Watford giving up plenty of late, as everyone knows, uh, especially the last few games. What did you think of Watford at your boys, actually? Gav, the up. very definition of a soft underbelly, right? 
looked world beaters in the first half. Soon as we got into them in the second half, they did not fancy that one little bit. Oh, that's encouraging. Yeah, I thought <laughs> looking at the uh, well, that's it really. Zach Viner, thirty-three to one. Um, get your can't think of a rhyme with Viner. Get your something with Viner. There you go. <laughs> that will do. It really works. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm going to put up uh, Alfie Kilgore, the four Mansfield at Grimsby, oh. fourteen to one. There's a little bit of sixteens about um, yesterday. Um, let's not let. You know, we were, we were full of anti-Grimsby stuff last week, weren't we? They're getting a the benefit of the doubt of the poor run since the um, since the Cup exit. And let's not let a 2-1 win at Doncaster give them the benefit of the doubt. I think Mansfield are going to be too good here. One of a, one of a couple of, a, you know, away sides that I really do like in, in League 2 this weekend. Kilgore, the typical busy self in the Watchdale box on Monday. I'm surprised. I was surprised, actually, how big he was here. I thought 9s, 10s. I think... I thought I thought Harbottle was out for the season, but I saw I did notice he was on the subs bench last weekend. So I'll do a bit more, regardless of whether he plays or not. He's priced up at elevens. He's not a he's not an all too certain runner. But four goals since January for Kilgore. I think regular listeners know the score here. His chances on Monday when I watched them, they struck me as a player just absolutely desperate to get a side promoted. I know that sounds silly, and that all sides should think like that, but. I think I think if if Clough gets this side up, I think this Kilgore signing is a really inspired one because I think you've look it didn't end well at Bristol Rovers. I think he's got the hunger, the desire, the appetite, the point to prove. I think I think you know all of those that, that managerial merry-go-round at, at Bristol Rovers found that he didn't quite set in. Players come you know injured during that period as well, so we probably didn't get a. He'll be thinking he didn't get you know got the rough end of the stick in in front of in front of Barton. But I think you, his performance on Saturday, it, it looked really good. It's what we know already, but it just shows me the impact of a smart player. The, the third chance is a clear one to me. He gets The ball gets cleared, but he loiters around. And then poor old Danny Lloyd for Rochdale, who's what, all but five foot eight I've got here. Kilgore attaches himself to him, waits for the ball to come in. And then when it does, there's only one winner. Now he wins the header, puts it puts it past the post but it just shows to me just the absolute desire and it just looks like a, a man possessed I'm opposed to Grimsby on the run-in I'm with Mansfield on the run-in I thought outside of what Keeler done and a resurgent Quinn who's actually a, another at a really good price since he's come back from his suspension he goes off at 10 to 1 I think there's I think there's lots of value actually it, there's more value in this Mansfield side than I thought there would be and Kilgore's probably the best of that so I'll go with Alfie Kilgore for Mansfield at, at 14s next best for you John that was very good I, I enjoyed that the um uh, is there any uh, I just had a few requests from some listeners can we get some <laughs> 10 to 11 that uh, Andy Butler's taller than Danny Lloyd. Is that is, actually, actually three to one on will do. Uh, are you laying that to the listeners? Not, not quite. Not now. Not now. You know, Wikipedia set, but who am I to question? Your, your height scale seems a little bit off. <laughs> my my eyes, my actual eyes, are the things that are deceiving me late on late on in the day. <laughs> but, but yeah. no, I don't know why that really cracked me up. Anyway, the um, the, the next best is not Stephen; it's Stefan Negru for Oxford at Bolton at twenty five to one. 
regular listeners probably saw this one coming. I've grown an unhealthy fascination with the Irish Moldovan, <laughs> who isn't that tall, as Gav pointed out. He's actually shorter than I thought. Um, Did you find yeah, out his height? I couldn't find it out. Was he? Did you find <laughs> this it out? This is the height specialist. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm going to guess he's about six foot tall. We'll stick with that. Okay. Because you, he looks small compared to Finley and Moore, but they're both six four. Are they? Six. He's about the same size as Andy Butler. Is that what you say? <laughs> yeah, on the uh, he's taller than Danny Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> this is Andy Butler fans are just like <laughs> they've had like three years of nothing. They just they've been living for this. Right, um, Stefan Negru, he had his first start on Monday. Uh, it, all the reports were he played really well, uh, competitive. He had a really good scrap and ended up getting the um, opponent for Port Vale sent off. Was it? Is it Pelic, Politic? Uh, oh yeah, Politic, Politic. Yeah, yeah. In the last minute, um, real old fashioned scrap. Um, I've got to admit, a lot of this is on Bolton, as we've as you touched on earlier. Three of the back four missing. I watched uh, Everett's press conference. He said none of them will be back in time for this. And the way he's talking, it sounds like he's going to... Uh, I don't think Toll will be back at all, but he's talking like he might patch up Santos for later in the season, uh, but not yet. Now, I'm far from convinced that Oxford are showing enough attacking-wise to be that confident, but to be fair to Liam Manning, he's certainly got them more organised. And I read some quotes from Stuart Finley this week, uh, the other one of the other centre-backs. Mm-hmm. He said that the... Um, Without saying it as much, he said that the defence are actually enjoying being coached and given instruction. Uh, sorry to sorry to friend of the show, Carl Robinson there. <laughs> um, but no, it sounds like they're, he's got them doing the basics to start with. Now, we've gone down a little bit more of a Stefan Negru rabbit hole because there's not a lot to say. He's only played one start. So he's actually had Moldova on the phone this week trying to get the international nod, believe it or not. Wow. Um what does that have to do with this? Absolutely nothing, but it's good filler. Um, it, it, if you're interested, he hasn't decided yet whether to go with Moldova or Ireland. So we, um, that's, at some point in the next two seasons, we will let you know that. Breaking news here first. They might be fawning over him in the in the coming. Well, weeks. I think Moldova. Yeah, they're both wanting, but Moldova might you know might give him a guaranteed start. I don't, I'm not not up on my Moldovan centre halves. You know? <laughs> I like <laughs> now, um, played one game. We're really we're running already. out of things to say here. Aren't we're, we? we're plotting out the next ten years of his career. I love this. Yes. Yeah, he'll soon be a veteran, a Moldovan veteran. Now, yeah, he, he did win his more than his fair share of aerial duels last on Monday. So. I think there's something about him. Did he have two or three chances? I think it was a couple. He did, yeah. Um, which obviously is the main thing to look at. And at the price, I don't think Elliot Moore is going to be back. If Elliot Moore for somehow does come back, then just swap them around and get with Elliot Moore at the same price. But Stefan Negru at 25 to 1, a real flyer, but we'll take a go on that one. Excellent. I like it. Um, next best for me, I absolutely adore the 7-2 Colchester at Salford this weekend um, in the in the 1x2s. That's a, 
that's a key position for me to take. I think I think there's there's plenty to get against in this Salford side. They scrape through against Wimbledon. Remember, they've only won twice in 2023. Most of their form since February, I think, might just be masking some poor performances. The, I looked at the, the, the back line. The data is going to tell you that Richard Narty and Theo Vassell are both present when Salford are at their tightest. I'm going to talk about a player, this, this um, what's his name, Adrian Mariapa. I'm going to talk a bit about him. We spoke about him up the up the other end of the pitch recently, but actually, I think there's, I think there's some there's some reasons that actually he's he's causing a bit of disruption in this in this Salford back line. It's a leak for sell Mariapa for the last two. Pick any two of those three. He's on his heels for both of the Wimbledon goals on Monday. He's in no man's land for the late and Orient goals prior to that. Interestingly, I had a look back when he's a fixture in the Burton side, which is he first came on our radar. Like I said, we're, we're interested in normally looking at him at the other end of the pitch, but he's in their side when they're on when 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 Burton are at their worst. So he's hooked after an hour in the four-two defeat to Accrington. He was hooked after seventy minutes. We remember when Burton oh, lost five-nil at Morecambe. I think every chance, and, and that was when Rogers scored two against Accrington. By the way, we, we, we were just mentioned previously. I, every chance that that he's just not very good. And I think he's... Oh, he's, he's <laughs> Gav, what, are you, what have you taken before this week? He'll just be getting hate mail from everyone. You just, you just, just when you start to look at these little little variances, right? What's different about these sides? What, what, what's going on? Why, why all of a sudden yeah. they appearing on, you know, high XG against and and you know this this uncertainty in the Salford back line? I think is something to get against. Here's a good opportunity, right? Because hey, Colchester at the wrong end of the table there, but they're unbeaten in five. Good value for those draws on the road recently against Dorian and Stevenage. Rounded off a good month, didn't they, on, on Monday by sticking four-pass crew as well. I think they go there with fuller confidence. Don't get drawn into the odds on Salford here. I think there's plenty of value in the Colchester lineup. I, I started off thinking about Connor Hall, who scored in both of those tough away games, and, and he, was, he was definitely the target for the free kicks on Monday. He looked too short, but actually he's lengthened, and Fiacra Cahella is the one who's shortened up. So actually, I'd... I will I will put Connor Hall up here because I think sixteen to one looks looks really good price for a player that's not done with contributing this season. Kel Heller, as I said, he opened he actually opened his account for Colchester in this return fixture in January. He goes off at fourteens. Yeah, they flip flopped really between the prices for the two. Hall was much shorter, but he's drifted out to sixteens. I think he goes in the book for me. At, um, at um, yeah, sixteen to one for a Colchester side that I really like at Salford. And hopefully, I put some good justification behind that there, John. Um, Paul, Kilgore, Negru, and Viner. That's right. What a um, what a full <laughs> team to go to war with on a Saturday. They've never been mentioned together ever, ever before, and probably legendary, ever again. Legendary status awaits. John, um, thanks for joining us this weekend. Oh, 40 minutes. It feels like it was full of, um, admittedly, 37 of those were talking about Andy Butler's height, but it feels <laughs> like we've managed to fill the rest of it with some valuable information there. He he, he hates you, Butler. That's right. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I got a reference. 43 minutes in, Thank and I you. managed to yeah. get a reference on the buses. One for, um, the, uh, one for the teenagers again there. That's absolutely. ITV4 on a Saturday morning. Don't miss out if you want to get that reference. 
Um, big fan of it. You're going to tag so, Andy Butler into this into this episode. <laughs> no, it does remind me that if anyone's interested, if, if you have any type of my favourite TV program of all time is whatever happened to the Lightly Lads, and they're playing that on BBC Four at the moment. Your mention of on the bus has just made me think of that. The last bit of value that I can give to listeners on this podcast is yeah, if you haven't if you haven't caught up with that, yeah. um, that's a good series. Sounds almost like worth paying for your TV license. Is that what you say? <laughs> It is almost <laughs> worth it. John, thanks for joining us. We'll do it all again next week and hopefully reflect on some good performances at the weekend. I'll speak to you soon. Yeah, cheers, mate. Good luck to everybody. Everybody.